Hello and welcome to TGen Talks. I'm Mark Moran. In medicine, a biomarker is anything that can be used to determine the presence or development of a particular disease or biological state. Typically, things like blood pressure can work as a biomarker to indicate that there's a physiological problem. Or to test for a heart attack, you could do a quick blood test for troponin, a protein found in heart muscle. At TGen, scientists are working on ways to use biomarkers, which are found in blood, urine, saliva, and other body fluids, as a non-invasive method for studying and treating complex disease. Biomarkers can help doctors evaluate the likelihood that a patient will develop a disease, diagnose a disorder, evaluate the severity of a disorder, and or its likely progression determine optimal treatment strategies, and monitor response to treatment. The challenges with finding uh, biomarkers for neuro disorders are really that most of the genetics are not worked out. We're not looking for specific sections of DNA that have mutations or changes. Today, we're joined by Dr. Kendall Van Kieran Jensen, a professor in TGen's Neurogenomics Division and co-director of TGen's Center for Non-Invasive Diagnostics. To learn more about biomarkers, and how they play an integral role in her research. Welcome. Thank you. What is a biomarker and how does it relate to your research? A biomarker is anything that you can uh, take from an individual and then assess the, the changes that are happening associated with disease. So for instance, we work on neurodegenerative diseases primarily. And for that, uh, you basically um, don't have the option of being able to biopsy things. You can't really take a, a piece of the spinal cord or the brain, and you can't um, monitor DNA changes or other things like you would in a cancer. Um, so for neurodegenerative diseases, we've turned to looking at RNA, which is a molecular readout of disease changes that we can see in neurodegenerative uh, disorders. What challenges do you face with finding biomarkers for neurodegenerative disorders? The challenges with finding uh, biomarkers for neuro disorders are really that most of the genetics are not worked out. We're not looking for specific sections of DNA that have mutations or changes. And so we're really looking for other molecules downstream of that. We look particularly at RNA, which is derived from DNA, but is something that can be found in blood, urine, saliva samples. It's things that are broken off from cells. They break off in these things called extracellular vesicles where they're protected. Every cell in the body makes them and produces them and they get out into the biofluids. Once they're out in a biofluid, such as plasma, we can collect all of these extracellular vesicles and we can break them open and look for these RNA changes and relate those back to the disease tissue. Issue. Describe the difference between non-invasive and biopsy, or how do the two compare? Biopsy is really taking a piece of the, the disease tissue. So for neurodegenerative diseases, that would be a piece of the spinal cord or the brain, and that's not really an option. So for us, we turn to doing liquid biopsies, where we can you know, study those um, tissues by proxy through uh, biofluids like plasma, uh, urine, and saliva, where some of the markers that come from these disease tissues can be isolated and um, identified. Do you get more information with one or the other? 
I think typically people really do like to get the information from a biopsy. That is the, the source, right? And you can you can test that tissue directly, but it's just not possible with most neurodegenerative diseases. And it's certainly not possible to do time series or progression to see whether or not a treatment is working. You can't keep biopsying the tissue. So it, it's really the only option we have for, for doing that safely. Sure. Uh, you're, a, you're a big researcher in the field of concussion. You've done a concussion study and are currently involved in a uh, study on um, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And those two topics go hand in hand. Tell me about it. It's really difficult to diagnose either one of those things. Uh, there's no current diagnosis for uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, in uh, living individuals. But it has the same characteristics as other neurodegenerative diseases where they are all accompanied by an aggregation of proteins that's disruptive to the cells. And in the case of CTE, that's tau. And so if you can look for tau in specific locations of the brain or these clumped aggregates through imaging processes, which people are trying to develop, then you'll be able to diagnose CTE in living individuals. But we've taken the other approach as well, where um, through looking at biofluids, we can also identify increases in tau or other biomarkers that would be associated with CTE. We've heard a lot of uh, research done with regard to CTE in terms of um, former football players and uh, head trauma. What sort of research is going on there? Most people are focusing on football players. They're like a um, an experimental data set almost because they've had repetitive injuries. It's not really the number of concussions that lead to CTE. It's repetitive head impacts. And so uh, football players, boxers, other people who play contact sports are at a higher risk for CTE. And so people have really focused on those those cohorts of, of individuals. And unfortunately, as you mentioned before, it's, there, there's really no symptoms of CTE, as it were, so you can study this only posthumously, yeah? Um, there are symptoms during life, but they're they're not necessarily specific to CTE, so it's hard to tease them apart, right? So people complain of depression or aggression or mood changes, and so those things really are symptoms, but are they related to CTE? That's the part people still are unable to link together in, in living individuals. Posthumously, you can do an autopsy to identify that they did indeed have CTE, um, but that's the only way you can tell. Do you feel like we're making any headway in the field? Because we've heard the horror stories about the players becoming violent and um, abusive towards what turns out to be the end of their life. Is there any progress in understanding this trauma earlier on so that we can recognize it earlier on? What has really uh, been impactful is that people have realized that it's really the repetitive injuries, right? So I think that has changed the way football is being played and the new rules that people are, are putting in place. I think that it has changed the way people see the risk for playing different contact sports. So I think just knowing that has changed things significantly and should improve them. Um, biologically, it's still really hard to figure out who um, would be more susceptible, how many impacts you actually need to start the process of CTE. All of those things are still unknown. You're obviously a very uh, smart, passionate, driven scientist. Um, where does that drive come from? What drives you in your lab? We're really excited to try to help people. I think just the unknown, I hate uncertainty. <laughs> Not knowing things is, is sort of super aggravating. And biomarkers are this ability to tell someone, predict what's going to happen to them, either how their disease is going to progress or even if they have the disease in the first place. For instance, we have projects associated with ALS. And ALS is hard to diagnose. It's usually an odyssey of two or so years where people basically rule out every other 
another disease, and then they say, okay, we think you have ALS. I think that that period of uncertainty is is super frightening for people. I think if you could uh, identify disease and diagnose it early, you could also start treatments earlier, and, and individuals would have more hope and, and potentially better outcomes. And obviously, one person doesn't do everything in a lab. You've got a, a very important team. How important are those people and your personnel in the lab? My personnel are the entire, uh, like, they're the whole thing. They're the team, right? So I just talk for them, uh, but basically they do all of the work. So they're really dedicated to, you know, making their protocols very uniform across all of them so that all of our our samples are done exactly the same way, and they're very good at um, doing the data analysis. They're all really excellent. And you're recruiting more postdoctoral students? I am. If anybody wants to be a postdoc in the lab, uh, we have a position open um, at the City of Hope um, where they would work on the Duarte campus. And what, where is that? It's in Duarte, California. Um, and it's right outside of Los Angeles. And what would they be doing? In that laboratory, we would be working with um, neurons. Uh, we're going to start growing neurons in a dish and doing different things to um, add drugs or other things that we think might help with some of these uh, diseases. Dr. Kendall Van Kieran Jensen, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Dr. Kendall Van Kieran Jensen is a professor in TGen's Neurogenomics Division and co-director of TGen's Center for Non-Invasive Diagnostics. To learn more about her work, visit tgen.org/cte. I'm Mark Moran, and thanks for listening to TGen Talks.